Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, the Audition Mishaps podcast. We are here to share with you the funniest, most awkward, embarrassing, hilarious stories that happen inside a casting room that you don't normally get to hear from performers and professionals all over the globe. Whether you are a theatre fan, whether you're a professional performer or someone who does comedy, you will have done an audition and we are here to remind you that when they go wrong, it is absolutely fine. My name is Christopher Bartlett-Walford. I am your host. I've worked in the entertainment world for about 15 years on and off stage, so I've got loads of stories of my own. And I invite guests each week to join me on the podcast to share your stories anonymously and we can all have a laugh. It's like a wonderful cathartic therapy. So if this is your first episode, welcome to the fun. I have such a joy making this show and bringing on guests from all around the globe, whether it's from Broadway, whether it's from YouTube, whether you're a casting director, we have loads of people on the show. And this week, I am joined by the three hosts from the Graduates at Cadogan Hall concert series from the Gradfest and Amina Hamid Productions. I am talking about Courtney Bowman, Luke Bayer and Grace Mowat. We talk Luke's appearance on X Factor, which I had no idea was even a thing. An incredibly disastrous story to kick the show off, which genuinely was a little bit problematic. (laughs) And one of the funniest toilet trouble fails later in the show. And loads, loads, loads more beyond that. So if this is your first time listening to the show, get yourself ready. Get a cup of your favourite beverage, a tea, a coffee or a wine, depending on when you're listening. Sit back and enjoy the giggles. It's a right old laugh. If you're listening for the first time, make sure you tag us on social media at Don't Call Us Pod. We love to see your screen grabs and your reaction shots as you listen to the show. It really makes us laugh. And also, you can send your stories in as you listen to the show. Email us, don't call us pod at gmail.com, or you can slide into our DMs on all of our channels as well. So enjoy the show. It's a, it, Honestly, I, I loved doing this. I was joined by the three of the guys on Zoom the other day. So we managed to catch up really quickly because they're all very, very busy people. Lots of projects on the go. It's so much fun and I loved it. So enjoy the show with Courtney, Grace and Luke. I start the show each week by asking our guests how they are with auditions. Do they enjoy the process? Are they looking forward to meeting new people? What's it like going to be when they go back to auditioning? What's it like going to be? What's it going to be like when they go back to auditioning in person after all this has blown over? So we start by asking Courtney if she enjoys the audition process. Enjoy the show! Courtney, why don't we start with you? Uh, strong no. It's because I'm... <laughs> I feel absolutely... <laughs> cack my pants. It's because I'm such... As a person, I'm such an acquired taste and I'm so much. But people translate that as me being like unprofessional and whatnot. But when I get down to it, I'm like business. Like, But you two both know that I'm just, especially you, Luke, I'm just an absolute <laughs> nutcase. So it's just that thing where I've got to come across being like, I'm fun and I'm good to work with. But I'm professional, but I'm not, oh, it's just so hard. So I go in being really, really weird and really awkward. So, yeah. <laughs> Grace, what about you? Um, oh, I guess it depends on the job. It depends on the show and whether I think I'm right for it. Because there's nothing worse than like going in for something that you just know you're not right for. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I always sometimes I just take it too seriously and I get really attached to things very easily because when I like get an audition I'll like listen to the soundtrack and I'm like oh my god this is so me I'm so perfect for this and then like I won't even get a recall and then I'm like no I'll I'll be there with my crystals like I must get this job um (laughs) and then I won't get recall so uh, that's good but yeah I think with me I just I just take things too seriously but in the actual room, I'm I'm pretty chill. I just get get down into it, you know. But it's been a while, so it feels quite weird to get those memories back. <laughs> <laughs> Are you so look? You've obviously been quite busy during lockdown. Are you looking forward to then finally getting back into the room in person, or are you starting to dread it because you know it's going to get closer now? <laughs> I kind of am, to be honest. I'm. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued as to what it's going to be like to walk into a room. Um, for me, it's all about being prepared. If I feel I'm prepared, then I can just go in and enjoy it because I know I'm going in and I know what I'm doing. Whereas if I feel like I've not prepared well enough, then I feel like, oh my God, I'm, I'm embarrassed because they're going to know I'm unprepared. And I just hate that feeling. My dad always used to say to me, um, 
fail to prepare, prepare to fail. And I do think that's right. And I've gone into some auditions before thinking, oh, I can bust this one and I can bust this one. And then I've gone in and been an absolute hot mess and come out and been like, I have to quit because that was just so bad. Um, <laughs> <to quit. laughs> yeah, I just I have to quit based on that audition alone. Um, <laughs> move out the country change my name <laughs> literally, literally all of those things um, but no I'm excited I feel like I'm quite excited but it is it's like Grace was saying you manifest it sometimes like I auditioned for one job and I manifested it so much that I bought a humidifier I was like I'm buying a humidifier because that can go in my dressing room and I've got the job <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't get the job I didn't get the job and I still got the humidifier. And every time I look at the humidifier I'm like I remember what you were for <laughs> <laughs> Spending that paycheck. Don't cash the wages until they're in your bank, Luke. Come on. that's <laughs> yeah, Literally that. Don't think we've had anyone buying dressing room stuff before they've actually got the job yet. I like that. I bought the humidifier. Like, if I buy this, it means I will definitely get the job because I'm putting it into the universe that I've already got it. And then I didn't get it. <laughs> Thing is, listeners, you can't see, but Luke's actually sat in front of 85 humidifiers. But it's just really... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, every single job. So, those listening to our show for the first time need to know that every story that we read you guys today was sent in by someone who listens to our show they will be anonymized, so I will not say who they are from or what shows they are for, unless it is integral to the story. And you three have perfectly timed this because there are two absolute whoppers today. Oh, brace yourselves, guys. Uh, the first story comes in from a dancer uh, on email, and he says, Hello, I hope you're all well. I absolutely love listening to the show. It makes me laugh so hard on my runs that I keep getting strange looks in the park. So that's good. I am a dancer from London. I went to a music video casting about five years ago, one of my first after graduating. Simple enough brief, a contemporary lyrical dance needed, comfortable filming dance sequences and close-up shots as well. Okay, I thought simple enough. The audition went really well. We learnt a nice, plain lyrical routine and did it in pairs for the panel and the camera that they were taping the audition with. I was asked to come back for a recall. So I go back the next day, and this time there were lots more guys, although most were very different in build, much more the rugby player type. It was clear that they'd auditioned separately, and this recall was bringing the groups together. The panel explained they were looking to cast a pair of dancers, one more young-looking and the other stocky and beefy to do a contemporary dance for the music video. By this point, They'd still not made it clear what artist the video is for, or the song, or even the genre of the music. But that's alright, we'd met the choreographer in the first round, and that's the most important thing for dancers, I suppose. I was paired with a massive guy who was at least six foot five, really stockily built, and very friendly. The panel said we had five minutes as pairs to come up with some shared choreography to present on the subject of violence. Quite vague and surprisingly dark, I thought, but luckily some of the other dancers asked for more detail with the brief, so the panel elaborated to say we want to explore a dispute or a lover's tiff, maybe even escalating to an altercation. Okay, so definitely more detailed than just violence, but I was already resigned to just get on with it and do my best. I'm going to pop up to the bathroom, my partner said, much to my dismay. Don't worry, I perform best under creative improv conditions, he added, sensing my anxiety with the situation. Well, he left. And then when he got back, the five minutes we had were all but up. And the panel said, all right, we're going to start with the following numbers, calling me and my partner first. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Everyone else in the audition sat down against the mirrors to watch us. My heart was pounding. Whilst I'm not adverse to a bit of contact improv, I really did wish we had at least set a skeleton of where we were going to go. They played a generic track for us to present to. I think it was an emotional ballad. I started dancing, trying my best to convey a frustrated lover. But I noticed my partner was just standing still, staring at me. Then, all of a sudden, completely out of nowhere, he lunged at me, grabbing me and rugby tackling me to the ground. Not in a dancey way at all. It was like he was performing <laughs> a citizen's arrest. <laughs> 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 I went down in a heap and he proceeded to climb on top of me and put me in a WWE armbar. 
At this point, I'm still trying to dance, thinking he would get the memo and maybe bring a bit more contemporary into his attack. But no, after I wiggled out and got up and carried on dancing, he came at me again, putting me in a headlock this time. I really couldn't break out at all, and I dropped the dancing and was just struggling. But we were very physically outmatched, and he had me totally helpless. He proceeded to drag me to the floor and pin me down. At this point, I started to have a panic attack, as I'm really claustrophobic, and this guy was crushing me on the floor. Oh god, there's more. (laughs) Finally, the panel stopped the music, realising what was happening. He must have been so in the zone that he didn't register the music stopping and continued to keep me pinned on the floor. So the panel had to pretty forcefully shout for him to stop. In my panic state, the waterworks had invertibly started, which only added to my mortified and flustered state. I choked out an apology mid-sob to the panel and quickly left the room. (laughs) Of course, realising after leaving that I'd left my bag and all of my stuff in the room. (gasps) So I waited till there was a gap between people and snuck back in and rejoined the group. Nobody said anything, but I did feel a few eyes on me. After all the couples had performed, the panel called each person to the desk individually for a quick chat. They thanked me for coming, said I had a lovely technique, and they'd love to work with me on another project. Of course, that never did materialise. I think they were just being nice. And in the changing room afterwards, the other dancers were very sweet and supportive. My partner just said, no, I guess we weren't right for the parts. Oh. <laughs> I was still so shell-shocked by the incident that I just left it at that. I've only told a handful of my closest friends this story, as it's still absolutely mortifying to think back on. I never found out what the song was for or what artist it was, but I've always kept my eyes peeled for a music video that resonates with what we were doing on those days, and I've never seen anything yet. So maybe they went in a different creative direction. What the hell was that? Whoa! That's awful! I don't know what to say. That was dark. That was awful. There is so much wrong... There is so much wrong with that. Yeah. I'm surprised the panel didn't step in a little earlier. That was horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. What we should say is... Person who emailed in, you did nothing wrong. And I think you you handled that in every possible way that you could have. He does say... The thing I would have done differently is probably not have the panic attack after many more auditions knowing now, but you can't control those things. Mm-mm. What on earth? What what kind of audition? Just I'm I'm at a loss for words with that one because who, who what team let that get that far when clearly yeah. someone is uncomfortable physically? You know, you yeah. can see where their vision was going. You obviously, you know, you take what the direction is and you go with it. But you that was bad form. Luke's waving his finger. I thought that was going I thought that was going a very different direction at the start. Direction. Completely. I thought you were gonna say he went mm. to the toilet and came mm. out with two on his hand. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> and I was like, that's horrendous. But then it took a whole U turn yeah. and that was horrendous. That's a very different act of violence it's, there, Luke. I thought he was gonna stand yeah. and stare and then, you know and you know follow through like that's what I thought I was gonna (laughs) I thought you were gonna just try and copy which would have been the polite thing to do seeing as they missed the the choreography section (laughs) yeah just say I'm fine I'm doing my bit I think I think the panel should have given her a chat another chance with a different person because that's obviously not her fault that she was paired up with bloody Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I will say this: this is a male dancer, but that doesn't make it any different. No, it doesn't. Have you guys ever been in in those kind of dance improv situations? Nothing like that. <laughs> no, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> now, improv number one is a strong no. Improv with a person. Oh, yeah. Lord, mercy. When did you see? Well, obviously you don't see me, but like when you said improv, I literally went oh, like I was like, straight up. No, improv is just. <laughs> Courtney, you're good at the improv. Like flashback to Jamie, the improv in work of art, those floor roles. Yeah, my backward roll, my signature roll. I did, I did yeah. it for every single audition that I've got a job in. <laughs> did, it for, did it for winning the Willows, did it for six randomly. I'm on the floor, get downs playing, and I do that fish backward roll. Can you imagine? Yeah, but if it's your signature move now, Courtney, they're going to be disappointed if you don't do it. That's the thing. Can you imagine for something like Phantom of the Opera? Like, Grace, how do you handle dance auditions? Do you enjoy them? Is it something you look forward to? Uh, Do you know what? I actually do. But I think it's because 
well, there's only been one dance call, I think, in my whole life that I've just not enjoyed because I wasn't good. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't. <laughs> it was not that I wasn't good, but I wasn't right for the job. Um, but me and my pal, we were in third year at the time. It's a very, very dancey show with a very dancey choreographer. And we were both in for covers. And um, everyone else was in for the ensemble. And they were all from Bird Lane, Erdang performers, like leotards, heels, slick back hair, red lips. Like you could see the fire in their eyes. They were ready to bite. And uh, me and Hannah were there <laughs> like, I think we're in the wrong call. We're, maybe we're later. And they're like, no, no, no. We're just seeing you two today with the ensemble auditions. And we were just like, oh my gosh, we felt so out of place. Um, but apart from that, like the sixth dance call and the Anne Juliet dance call, I just had a blast because they're proper like party vibes. So I'm try every audition I go to now, I'm trying to take that experience with me <laughs> instead of the other one. Um because, yeah. yeah, because they're they were they were just like parties. Everyone was like bigging each other up and like whooping on the sides, and it was like dance off kind of things and things like that. So yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> I think I think hopefully that's where it's going to go now after all this, because we're all just going to be so excited to be back with our mates in a room and and like like you said, having a bit of a party. Yeah, yeah. right. There's jobs at the end of it somewhere. <laughs> but I love that. Yeah, defo. We were talking the other week. Um, on on a, a past episode with Emma Norman, casting director, and like th the vibe that casting panels are going to have for performers is just going to be so so much excitement to be back in that room because I bet obviously you know as performers and and, and all that side of thing we're a bit bored of screen now we we've got a bit of screen and Zoom meeting fatigue but it's the same for casting directors they they're, they're going to be able to really have that feeling of just how good you are again in the room and. I know for a fact that they cannot wait. And there's a couple as we record this now. There's a couple that are starting peppering around back in person. There's a few dance calls happening next week. But it's it's still not where it was. And I think as soon as that that kind of moment in the industry clicks back, everyone's just going to lose their stuff when they get back in pineapple. Queuing in pineapple and dance attic isn't going to isn't going to be a pain anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, for a dance attic coffee. Oh, oh, oh my gosh, no, <laughs> Dance Attic. That's in, uh, where is that, Fulham Broadway? That's the Fulham yeah. one. Yeah, Fulham Broadway, yeah, yeah, that's where we rehearse for six and the coffee is so good. And the, the little guy who runs the cafe and he makes his, he makes his sandwiches. <laughs> I can't wait to climb eight flights of stairs and be out of breath for a singing call to sing 12 bars. Oh. So it's <laughs> Luke, are there any auditions that stick in your mind from your career? I've got a couple. I've got a singing one and a dance one. I, When I first finished college, I was sent to a dance call, a tap call for a very, very tap-based show, which is fine because I, I can tap, but but I'm not, uh, like Grace was saying, I'm not top set lane, I'm not top set erdang tap. And I got to this dance call and I was looking around at the boys and I was thinking, their feet are moving really fast and they're <laughs> making a lot, of sound, a lot of sounds in a short space of time. My feet have never moved that fast. Genuinely, when I say to you, I got some of the feet, the footwork, my arms were non-existent. And I, and I was like, I was literally just scuffing the floor. Like, and we did it in twos. We did it in twos. And I could see everyone around the room pitying me being like, blessing, blessing. And then obviously I didn't get kept at the end. I think they kept like the majority of the room bar me and one other person. And I was about 30 people and I was like, brilliant. Um, so that was, that was a good one. And I remember auditioning for a show straight out of college and I'd had a few rounds. And in the last round I had for it, I, I was listening to the person in before me singing and I was like, oh my God, he's amazing. I was, and then I, I sent myself into like a really quick downward spiral. And I stood oh, outside, no. I was like, I'm terrible. I can't sing. Oh my God, I'm terrible. And I kind of sent myself into this hole before I went in. I sung the first line of the thing. And I was like, hey, let's go! Genuinely like that. And the panel, <laughs> all their eyebrows just raised. And they were like, do you want to try it again? And I stopped and I was like, yeah. My voice cracking all over the place. I just was terrified. And I just did it again. I, just did it. I literally sung like a line and they're like, should we leave it there? And I was just like, hey, yeah, yeah. And I, I just left and I left the room and I was like, what? That's the worst, isn't it? It's those tiny little phrases that, that they say to close out the audition, like, that's all for today, thank you. And you just know what they're really saying when it hasn't quite gone to plan. Yeah, they felt sorry for me, bless them. They were such a lovely panel. I remember them being really kind. 
Um, but I just, I was in such a hole mentally, like I'd, I'd spiraled so quickly that I was like, there's no way that I can sing this right now. Um, and I just remember that feeling of being like, oh God, oh God, I want the floor. I, want, I wanted the floor to fall through like seven floors and take me with it. It was, it was bad times. <laughs> Courtney, have you ever had your voice crack in an audition? No, you can't see it. She is Courtney thinking. doesn't crack. Thinking. Courtney has a the cleanest <laughs> mix through to the ah, I've ever heard. No, I'm trying to think. It's more for me when I if I sing a song that's live. So, but I don't do that because I just do avoid the fact that <laughs> I, I I get to a certain point and my brain goes, "You can't sing live," even though it's like I speak well to me, like quite low in my register. And it's like, say when I do what is it about her, for example, and I'm like, like I don't know what happens. <laughs> I it, but my brain, but the thing is, to be fair, as I always had that problem as a kid, like I, when I did song and dances when I was in festivals, I did cast on the cloud and I'd be like, not in my castle on a club. Like, go, go. <laughs> what? And I, always. So like, <laughs> that's not even to do with auditions. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think, obviously you said about the cracking one, but I'm trying to think of a dance one. Oh yeah. One time, I remember now. I think, and I think it was in Dance Attic. Horrend- horrendous. So it was like um, weirdly, like me and like four other people from GSA. Like I'm talking like someone like below me, and, like people above me, but like years above me. And we all kind of just clocked each other, going, "You're GSA." Like we could just tell, like <laughs> it was weird. And everybody else was full on, like dancey dancey, and they were all like basically stood around looking at their phones before the audition and we're like what the hell's going on turns out they all had the clip of the audition piece so they already knew the routine oh, no so four of and then it was literally all boys and then me and two other girls um and it oh i actually can't be careful what i say i'm like ah! and i'll bleep um, everything yeah, don't worry i'll cut everything out they were they were doing the routine um, and they were like, um, and because it was doing the boys' version, it's like, oh, and then the girls, you know what to do for the girls. And I was like, no, I don't know oh, what to that's do. That's not fair. Because they, them two, they were like, yeah, we're best friends with the blah blah. And then we did it. And then, oh, and then obviously, I was like, this is not for me. I, I'm not enjoying it. Um, I need to leave now. Get me out of here. Uh, and they were like, oh, we're gonna call people's names. And like, all of us were called. And I went, just a silence. They just literally made a gesture. And we were like. So the people's names are called. I was like, I hopefully I'm going home because I don't want to be here. And, like, and, they were like, and they were like, no, you're cut. Bye. And we were like, oh. <laughs> Just as blatant as that. Sorry. Done. Move on. Wonderful, wonderful pub round the corner there. Glorious pub. I can't wait to go to the pub again. Oh, Me too. Me too. Even go to the pub or go to a restaurant or go to the shops after an audition to buy yourself that I did well or I did crap treat. Gotta do it. Yeah, fully. Fully. Yeah. Just yeah, spoil yourself whether it went good or bad. It it happened. Mm-hmm. It's a happening present. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so Let when we know. shared, <laughs> when we shared that you guys were on the show. Uh, we had some submissions in uh, in our Instagram uh, inbox. Obviously, Instagram is a little bit shorter, so there's a couple that I've picked out. Which I <laughs> one is <laughs> one is so silly, and the other includes a table. So let's go with these. <laughs> <laughs> the first guy, bless him, says fully went in, and I said someone else's name when I introduced myself, as I'd forgotten my own. <laughs> <laughs> They looked at me. <laughs> Whose name? They looked at me and went, are you sure? I just tried to make a joke about it, but it was so embarrassing. I think I played it off quite well. But how on earth do these things happen? And he does say it was for Little Mix, The Search. <laughs> so you know that those cameras got that. You know that oh, those yeah. cameras got that. I'm and then go in and go. Uh, co- co- I'm Courtney Bowman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hello. Promise. Um, I- I'm Perry. From Little Mix, that's my name. Thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then the second one, he says, So I walked into the audition room for an extremely professional company. Well, as I was walking, I tripped on my own feet right in front of the director's table, 
stumbled into it and I ended up breaking my nose and bleeding all over the audition room. <gasps> so the director ended up coming over to me. She tried to help stop the bleeding and she was so in shock she was almost in tears. It's all right now. It's an inside joke between the two of us. <laughs> oh, that is so cute to be fair. Flipping oh. heck. I mean, I'd give you the job just, just because I feel sorry yeah. for you, let alone anything else. The poor nose. The poor nose, the poor table, Luke. Yeah. I wouldn't oh. feel bad for the... <laughs> Imagine all the, all the papers of people's information. Like, oh no, <laughs> someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you angle yourself so you just cover everything apart from your headshot and that's it. Just yeah, that's it. <laughs> Oh, he's the only one who did. Oh, it must then, must be his job then. At least, at least they. I mean, you can't even do an audition after a broken nose. Certainly, if it's a singing call. If you're bleeding, you can't. You're not going to be singing for the rest of the day if you've broken your nose. You're going to be singing for weeks. You're going to be singing accent from chess. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just hope for something really, really nasal, and that's it. <laughs> so the first one of those two was for a TV show. So have you guys? What's your experience auditioning, if you have, for any kind of television show or competition or anything like that? Is there anything in your locker that speaks to your, your memories of that kind of thing? Luke, you want to take this one? Yes. <laughs> uh, um, so I did X Factor when I was 14. Um, and How did I, I not know that, this? Yeah, I did it when I was 14 and it was a crazy time. My mum came with me to all the rounds and... Um, it was just a bit wild. I remember them trying to trying to kind of give me a story. They were trying to set me up with the girl I was sat next to outside, and they were like, "Do you fancy each other?" And we were like, "No." And they were like, "Okay." And then and then and I remember I went into my audition, and prior to that, the producers had really bigged me up. They were like, "You are amazing." And I was like, "Oh, thank you." Like, and I went in this little like really like I was a confident fourteen year old, but also my voice was breaking, so I was a little bit unsure. And then I went in, and the judges were like really split. The celebrity judges are really split. Split. And two of them liked me and two of them were like, mm. and Simon Cowell was like, mm. um, and and I remember just being completely overwhelmed when I walked in the room because there were so many people sat along the side of the room and, and I burst out crying. And I remember as soon as I started crying, all the cameras were like, <sighs> and like all these cameras oh, came from no. everywhere and were just surrounded me. And my mum looked at me and she went, here we go. She was like, now you're on TV. And she oh, was right. And, and it went from there. Yeah. Mate, that's <laughs> terrible. We've spoken... So, We've spoken about these yeah. kind of shows so much, but it, it, and you know, it was a while ago, but they're still not great environments, are they? I it's... think though, I think the, um, I had this discussion recently on my Instagram live with Matt Croak, because obviously he's just on The Voice just recently. Just on The Voice, yeah. And uh, we were speaking about like mental health on these TV programs. And I feel like mental health on X Factor in 2007 was non-existent, like virtually non-existent. Whereas now, there's much more of an emphasis on looking after people. I hope I've not done a reality show in a while, but I feel like from people I've spoken to, there's more of an emphasis on looking after people's mental health and things post these shows because you're exposed to so much so quickly, like with social media and stuff. And it's wild. Like you have to be cared for with these shows. It's It should be a nurturing process rather than um, to use you for humiliation purposes, yeah. which is what it used to be. Mm. I, I can only speak from my personal experience and granted the last thing that I did was the other side of of that kind of tv thing as a judge on a show but we we i i can pretty confidently say granted not for the x show it, it is i couldn't imagine a show happening with that level of or lack of level of care now um mm -hmm. so yeah you know it's and i know for a fact that there were people that were on our show the other side of it who were looked after and and, and did struggle with even a little bit of attention you know for a 30 second clip hitting social media and just getting an awful lot of comments and stuff like that so it's uh you know it's times have changed in a good way but it's still got a long way mm -hmm. to go it's um yeah oh god I, I i i couldn't i couldn't have put myself in your shoes i didn't know that did it make it onto yeah, the screen I was, yeah i got to judge's houses so it was all televised how did i not know um, any of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was wild because it was the first year they lowered the age as well and i'd always said i was like as soon as that age is lowered i'm on that program i'm going for it um and it just kind of happened, to be honest. And I remember it, the experience finishing and just being kind of overwhelmed. Like, obviously, it was an amazing experience. Loads of great things happened because of it. And I and I loved it. But I was absolutely not ready to be on a program of that 
scale, especially because mm. I wasn't, I didn't know who I was. My voice wasn't settled, all these factors. And I actually now looking back, go, thank God I didn't get through to the live shows because that footage would have haunted me forever because I wasn't ready. So um, yeah, 14 it, is now a, looking back. 14 is a hard age to do anything big. Oh alone yeah. When it's on like at that time, it would have been proper the show to watch there, as well on the Saturday. There was like, I think my first audition, there was 15 million people watched my first audition on one night on a Saturday. And that's a lot of people. And like, obviously, as the years went on, it, it decreased the number, the viewing numbers. And that doesn't really happen as much anymore. There's so much choice on TV. You just don't get those. Fi- like, you know, when EastEnders used to break the records for like Christmas Day viewing, even on Christmas Day now, you're not getting anywhere near the figures that you used to. So, man, that's mad. So, all right, let's let's talk about mental health for a second then. Obviously, lockdown has been a very different experience for everybody. And you three have been nice and busy during it as well. How have you kept your mental health in check? Are there any tips that you'd uh, throw out to people that are still maybe finding it quite, quite difficult? You know, they're dangling June the 21st in front of us. And obviously, May, things are potentially opening up again. Finally, what what have you found has been useful for each of you in the last kind of year or so? Um, for me, just staying connected as much as possible uh, and, you know, through whatever way, whether that's through FaceTime is usually the best for me because I'm so bad at WhatsApp small talk. I just can't do it. I'd rather <laughs> hop on hop on a Zoom, hop on a FaceTime. Um, yeah, so doing things like that as much as possible, journaling. Um, I, do you know what? I'd be lying if I said my dog wasn't my absolute mental health savior. <laughs> like she is just the best thing that could have happened out this whole thing. She's like therapy in a fluffy creature. Um, so she's been really, really good to have, uh, walking, getting outside and yeah, I think it, so- it sounds like the standard, but it's, you do have to go through that checklist of what works for you and like have your own kind of thing of being like okay I know that when I do this or when I get out for a walk or when I exercise when I make a to-do list I feel better so like logging that and then going through those steps has been quite good for me journaling so I love journaling I mean I don't know what journaling is I haven't got time to write a shopping list let alone a bloody journal (laughs) (laughs) what makes journaling different to then just writing a diary or am I being completely obtuse is it the same thing I guess it's like the same thing. I guess there's so many different forms of journaling that you can do. I personally like to see prompts and like over the first and second lockdown, I like made my own journaling challenge and like sent it out to other people. And like, it was really nice because you kind of, every day would be a different day, like a different prompt. And you'd know that like people from all over the world were doing the same prompts and like having that shared experience, was which was really cool. And it could be anything like, five things you're grateful for uh write about a person who's changed your life uh send a letter of forgiveness to yourself write about this write about that like just it doesn't even have to be about your day that day but usually i i do use a journal for a rant or like getting out (laughs) my yeah getting out my stuff and just getting it out on a bit of paper (laughs) and then that like physical act of like closing the book just really helps me be like okay it's done it's out it's on the paper close the book let it go kind of thing and then throw it out the window in even more aggression yeah burn it (laughs) chuck it down the loop (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if mine would be like five things to you know feel good about myself i think it would just be number one put on shoes Number two, open a window. Like tiny little things like that is all I can manage. And certainly with Robin turning into like little Usain Bolt charging around the bloody house every five seconds. Yeah, have a baby, they said. That'll be fun. Uh, Uh, Courtney. (laughs) Um, I just got to make sure I laugh every day or else I'll go insane. So like my two housemates, Stephen and Michael, shout out absolute saviours because they are crazy. Is it? both of you actually yeah no they're just absolutely absolutely ridiculous if we like even if it's just watching something that we find hilarious on youtube like the kim would burn 20 minute compilation of her and big brother absolutely like that's that's that is our that's our sanctuary that's our religion it's pop culture like it's so like and it's just stuff like that that we love and laugh laugh and i've always talked to my mum every day even if it's just, are you okay? And like, oh, that's sometimes nice. it's like, on Zoom, I'm like, 
I just want to see if you're all right. Like, I'm not asking what you're doing. Like, <laughs> love you. Love your son. Love your son, yeah. But I'm yeah. literally like, are you okay? And busy. I'm like, no, just say you're okay. And then when she calls me, she's like, my baby, my, my firstborn, my angel. I'm like, don't talk to me like that when you've just basically ghosted me. My own mother ghosted me. I'm <laughs> Thing. <laughs> God's sake. but no yeah it's just stuff like that and do it, literally get, getting out going for a walk like even if it's just walking to the corner shop and that sounds so like it's just getting out and getting some fresh air because if you're in here it, you get so in your head if you're just sat in these four white walls like where I am and then like saying that like, living room like wherever you sit there and you're like four like today we've had, we've had an absolute lazy day and I feel great, but I just can't wait to do something tomorrow because we're going for a walk and I'm really excited about that. But I was like, excited to go to Lidl the other day. I was absolutely buzzing. I was like, yeah. <laughs> What's in yeah, the middle aisle this week? Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Nothing much, just going to tell you that. <laughs> there's, a little, there's a little duck pond up on Blackheath near where we live and taking and taking robin up there he loves it anyway he loves the ducks there's a program about a duck that he watches on cbb's far too often but there's uh these there's a, a breeding pair of egyptian geese that had uh goslings about two and a half months ago now so oh. the blackheath community has just completely rallied around these goslings and everyone on twitter is sharing updates there's a facebook group like dedicated to them it's just it's been so nice. Aww. So that's that's been like our little thing that we've kind of clicked onto, and we've got lots of friends who live in the area, which obviously we can't see. But if I know they've gone to see the goslings in the morning, and then we go and see in the afternoon, it it it's it almost felt like we're kind of all doing the same thing, but at slightly different times and different times. It's 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 just nice. So I I like the fact that you you're Aww. doing that kind of that it's the repetitiveness of lockdown, which is problematic in some areas, but actually finding that youtube video or finding the the channel or the the series for me parks and recreation every single time oh, watch it again it. and again and again journaling grace leslie nope okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> luke what about you what's been the thing that you've really kind of connected with to keep your mental health healthy um very similar to both both these two um that thing of i love going to tesco i love going to tesco and just kind of strolling around I'm just treating myself to multi packs of wagon wheels and eating them all within a couple of days. That's that's kind of a goer for me. It's, it's got to be the jammy ones. It's got to be the Absolutely. jammy ones. A friend of mine bought me some wagon wheels without the without the jam, and I was like, oh, well, thank you so much. No, I'm very grateful, but it has to be jam. Literally that. Um, but I think I think um, I've I've been watching different like Instagram lives of people and like just people chatting to people and connecting with people. I feel like there's been so many nice connections people have made with people they don't know really yet but they've made connections with people over this year that they've not yet met but they've become friends with people which I think is really cool and unique um so I think like that same thing of connecting with people we're still connecting with people but in different ways um I'm a volunteer at my local covid center as well so I go in and work there some days which has been amazing nice I've really actually enjoyed doing that my mum does it so she was like oh you should volunteer so I was like oh, okay and, and I've had a real fun time just meeting people that I wouldn't have met otherwise um, with completely different stories and lives to, to mine. And I just like hearing about that. And I've actually had a really fun time. And I don't know, you just meet so many different people. And, and even in, in, in that, it's, it's, it's amazing. That's kind of given me that, that thing every day to kind of get up and go to. And I like, we all like, I think as performers and creative people, we like having variety, whatever that is. Like if tomorrow we have a, a lazy day and then the day afterwards we know we're going for a walk you've got you've got plans that something's happening um and it's that feeling yeah. that that i feel has kind of kept us all going we, we kind of set like little milestones that we keep working towards uh, to eventually hopefully fingers crossed nearly get to the end of this and then we'll be back bigger and better than ever hallelujah <laughs> oh, well done for volunteering i'm still waiting for my bloody like st john's stuff to come through i'm like i've filled in all the bloody forms oh. so i might just ring up my doctors because we're just we're, it's so much fun honestly it's so much fun the people yeah. i've met there are just so nice and like and actually it was a blessing to be able to go out of my house and see other people like legally exactly i was allowed to go yeah, and yeah. do that so it was like oh my god these are real people um so that was cool as well 
Right. I'm going to hit you guys with the last story. Now, just cast your minds back to what you thought the first one was going to, and let's leave it at that. Is it poo? Oh, poo time! Um, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> right. Poor I've thing. told you already, right? I have to read these. I have to read these <laughs> twice, and now I have to read them to you. And I, I get so hot when I record this show because, it, oh, God. Oh, dear. <laughs> Get comfy. <laughs> he says, hey, team. I love the way they start really positively. And I'm like, it's never going to last. The time has come for me to confess the worst thing that's ever happened to me in an audition. I'll never know if the panel noticed, but I did. I decided one weeknight to go out on the spontaneous lash with some friends in central London. Beers, beers, curry, beers, shots, beers, expensive casino, beers, home. I got home late. All good. Nothing planned the next day. Lovely stuff. I was woken by my phone vibrating next to me at about 10 in the morning with my agent clearly having called me frantically for the last half an hour. They'd managed to get me in for my dream West End show at the last minute as someone had cancelled. OK, no worries, I thought. It's just a song and a quick chat. I can deal with that even after a heavy night out. I wasn't hanging, but I certainly wasn't fresh. So I jumped in the shower, started warming up and ran to get out to the studio. The bumpy bus ride and night's worth of drink mixing started to take their toll. Quick neck of a bottle of water and some tablets and I felt close to OK. I got to the waiting room and was told that I was next in and to be ready as they were moving down the list quite rapidly. That was when the bubble gut started. <laughs> Courtney's happy. I knew I needed the loo, but they said that it was a, a fast verse and a chorus and that was it. So there was no time really to go before I went in. I felt hot and sticky. Things were turning against me inside. It was that sharp stabbing pain of a stomach crunch on its way towards an internal disaster. In I go to the room anyway and straight into it. I sang well, hit the notes, performed well. I still felt rough, but it was done. I say thank you and walk out quickly. Oh, thank God that was over, I thought to myself. Before I could even reach the door handle, they stop me and say, because I was a last minute addition to the calls, they need a little bit more from me. So ask me to do some scales at the piano. I did my scales in a lot of pain now and somehow managed to get through them and hit all the high notes. I thanked them again and went to leave. Getting all the way to the end of the room this time, hand on the door, but still they said they wanted another song. They asked if I knew a certain song. I did and they started playing the music. I walked back to the centre of the room in pain and as I was singing, it happened. My body turned to its own defences. Bubblegut turned into tornado trousers and pretty much I fully sold my pants mid-song in this beautiful <gasps> audition room with a big echo in my dream show audition. <laughs> I think Grace is about to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I thanked the team as ever the polite man I am and I had to waddle through the waiting room full of my peers to the bathroom to attempt to tidy myself up. I still had to get the bus home and sit in my own demise for a good 30 minutes. When my agent called the next day to ask how it went, I just told him it was all right, but I didn't get recalled. I've never, ever told him the truth about what happened. Every time I audition in this grand hall now, the physical and sensory memory comes running back and I am overwhelmed with phantom stomach pains. Oh my gosh. <laughs> What a story! What a story! Like, oh dear me! So, what happened I... then? Did they go home on the bus with poo in their pants? Pretty much, Lou. <laughs> no. Oh, baby, should have gone commando. I need to know everything. I need so to know what I, I know. I need to know everything. <laughs> if it was skinny jeans, you're in trouble. Oh, good lord. Oh, good Lord. I'm going to regret that lambuna. Jeez. So did the panel know? Did the panel know? Yeah. Now, he says he doesn't think that they noticed. Because if it happened right at the end and right in the last song, you know, 
I'm not going to say where it was, but there's certain very big high ceilinged dance halls that you might not necessarily stand close to the panel at. Um, I think you, he, he could have got away with it. He doesn't say whether it, it they let them know. And I'm sure they would have called the agent if something really bad had happened. But yeah, yeah goodness. They me. wouldn't have known, but that hallway would have known. Oh, yeah, the waiting room clearly knew. <laughs> the, w- <laughs> the waiting room would have known. Good Wowzers Lord. in his trousers. Thank you. <laughs> I, know, I know who you are, <laughs> but thank you for sending that in. And if you've got a story about when you nearly oh. shat your pants, make sure you email it to don'tcallerspod at gmail.com. So <laughs> in, all, in all seriousness, we have had more than a handful of stories about very similar situations. And there is one in Michelle Payne's episode, which is one of the most awful things I have ever read. But (gasps) it's so funny because it's very similar to that, but it was in someone's house. So (sighs) it's the worst. It's the worst. We wrap up our show by asking our guests each week what their audition addition would be. If there was one thing that you could add to the audition process in general that would spice up a bit, make it more exciting, a bit more entertaining for you guys to enjoy the whole process, what would it be? So a few examples. We've had a panic button. So if you both know it's not going your way, hit it and just cut your losses. That's always a good one. <laughs> I love that. Courtney's, Courtney's already touched on one of them, which was buy yourself a little treat at the end of it, no matter what what way it goes. Bingo. Uh, uh, we've had a little hip flask of something something cheeky to take in, so you break the ice. Tell the, audi- uh, tell the audience, tell the panel a secret, but they have to tell you one as well, so that really puts you on a level playing field. But Courtney, Luke and Grace, what would be your audition additions? I think that if you get to the finals, you should be allowed to do like every person in the finals should be allowed to do it in costume on stage in situ. <gasps> I love that. <laughs> so like if Very... like everyone in the final alphabet gets dressed up as alphabet in the costume and does Defying Gravity in situ with the full tech and ensemble and then they do like bish bash wow. bosh and like do you know what I mean? Because like this is very yeah. search for Elwood. Yeah. Yeah, like, isn't it? I want to be <laughs> Yeah. I want to be green I and I want to sing Define Gravity on the thing, but I don't necessarily want to sing Alphabet eight times a week because I don't think I can. So I just want to do the audition. <laughs> I, I really yeah. like that and and have it have it like archive recorded so then you've yeah, got it full your hair and makeup always even if you like always thinking of the content yeah. courtney <gasps> always thinking oh, of the I content like that one, Grace. that's a really good one and no one's coming no no just for yourself oh, right. <laughs> luke what about you what's your audition edition oh i'm really struggling i don't know can you go to courtney and then come back to me Court- yeah yeah no can you go to luke please because i'm sat here struggling grace grace that was yeah, so grace, good that was very good um, the thing is, that's one that is quite a fun one to do. But actually, you, 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 all of our minds are now thinking, oh, yeah, but I could have been able to do that. Yeah. Okay, I've got one. So so if you were feeling like slightly under the weather, you could be given the option to mind to yourself. <laughs> oh, that's genius. <laughs> that's actually that. genius. That Pre-record is... yourself, taking a CD, they whack it in. CD, what, 1997. <laughs> uh, taking <laughs> your iPhone. It's back to X Factor 2003 now. And then you can just mime to yourself if you're like, oh, I'm a little bit under the weather, but I've, I've recorded this before, so I'll just sing over myself. But this is what I would look like singing it. That's, again, a one that I can see implemented if things get really, you know, if, if things go a certain way. Come on, Courtney, bring it home. What's yours? Mine's, mine's going to be absolutely pants. Oh, I don't know. What about every first oh. round you're allowed to be in your dressing gown? Oh! <gasps> <laughs> oh, oh, you'd yeah. love that. That one. I'd love that. <laughs> work workshop in the finals, you come in your comfies, workshop it, no pressure. Yeah. And just be just be honest with me. If you don't want me, don't leave me on for eight rounds, please. It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Oh, then actually, if you're on the in the finals and you've been doing it for yonks, compensation fee, go and buy yourself something nice. Yeah. Another dressing gown. So it's, it all comes back to another dressing gown to soak <laughs> my words. <laughs> three very, very valid and very valuable audition additions there. I love it. Very random. <laughs> <laughs> that 
was this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You with Grace Mowat, Courtney Bowman and Luke Bayer. Eh, what a what a show. <laughs> what a journey that was. I love making the show. Thank you very much to the three of them for joining me. It was a tight schedule this week, but we made it work and I had an absolute blast. If you have enjoyed the show and you have a story that you'd like to confess completely anonymously, then make sure you email it to us as soon as you can. Don't call us pod at gmail.com. Or you can drop us a DM on my social media at don't call us pod. All anonymous. We're not going to give away who you are unless you absolutely want to. <laughs> don't you worry. If you have enjoyed this week's show, then we have 36 other incredible episodes packed, jam-packed with stories from performers all around the globe. If you're a Broadway fan or a musical theatre fan, you're going to enjoy J.J. Neiman. You're going to enjoy Jennifer Ashley Tepper, Christina Bianco, David Hunter, Heber El Sheik. You're going to enjoy David O'Reilly. There's so many performers from London and beyond that we have on the show. If you are more of a comedy fan, you're going to enjoy Matthew Crosby, Suze Kempner, Ruth Bratt, Ori Styler. That's a great show. There's so many more. And also, if you'd like to hear a casting professional's point of view on all of these stories, then Sarah Jane Price and Emma Norman are two episodes to check out. But subscribe if this is your first first time listening if you are new to us get yourself binge in this content we've made it for you during lockdown and we hope it makes your week better and remind you you're not on your own when things go wrong <laughs> and like we said at the top of the show the three guests that we had on this week grace courtney and luke were the hosts of graduates at cadogan hall a lovely concert series celebrating graduates who've lost out on their showcases or you know agent shows or all that kind of stuff during the pandemic and the Gradfest and amina hamid productions put on three incredible they sound incredible, they look incredible, they are absolutely fantastic, and they have been extended to stream until April the 11th. So you can buy tickets supporting Acting for Others in the episode description. And check out our socials, I'll put it on there, you know what you're doing. We're back on April the 9th with an incredible collab with Ding, the musical comedy podcast. They write a song based around your audition submissions. It's amazing. So get subscribed. We'll see you then. Happy Easter. Have a good week and I will see you very soon. Remember, don't call us. We'll call you. See you soon. Bye. If you've enjoyed this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You with Grace Mowat, Courtney Bowman and Luke Bayer, then make sure you buy your tickets to Graduates at Cadogan Hall in aid of Acting for Others produced by Amina Hamid Productions and The Gradfest. Tickets are available in the episode link and on our social media at Don't Call Us Pod. You can also find two bonus episodes that we preceded this one where we met the graduates and spoke to them about how their mental health has been impacted, how their career prospects are now looking, and also how they've kept themselves motivated in the last couple of months. It's a really interesting couple of shows. They're very different to our normal ones, but I'd love you to listen and share them far and wide. If you'd like to support us here at Don't Call Us Pod, then you can subscribe on your podcast platform of choice, leave a five-star review and a few words about how much you love the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify too. And if you'd like to buy us a digital coffee, you can do so at coffee.com forward slash don't call us pod. That's ko-fi.com forward slash don't call us pod. See you soon for another brilliant episode.